All right. All right. Welcome back to Burgers and Banter. Banter and Burgers. Oh, see it already messing things up. Not a good start. Oh, well, welcome back. Uh, this is episode three now. By K and E, I am E as in Ed. And I am K as in Keaton. All right. Um, today is Friday. January, uh, February 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not January, but it sure feels like it. Yes. Alright, so this week it's going to be a little shorter of an episode, just more or less because we didn't quite get to do a review on a burger, but we'll get to that part when we jump into the burger section of the podcast. For now, uh, what have you been watching this week, Ed? Hi, I've been watching uh, Young Justice Season 3. I finally started it, um, but halfway through the episodes that are available, it's different. It's really different than like what season one or two been. Um, I find like it's good. Like it's not so much like them going out and doing missions. It's more building like this mystery, and then like everyone's trying to deal with the fallout of season two, and then what the fallout of the start of the season where half the Justice League just up and leaves. So that's so that's been interesting. I'm not gonna talk too much about it because Keaton's not caught up. <laughs> so when we both catch up, we'll do like a little spoiler talk or something. Yeah, I just finished season two since the last podcast. Kind of just sat down and binged the rest of it. It was good. It was really enjoyable. They wrap up some characters in uh, in a neat little fashion way. Some characters kind of leave the show temporarily. I'm not sure if they'll be back in season three, but it definitely willing to go jump headfirst into season three i've seen that there's about 13 episodes available all right as for what else i've been watching um i watched the last two episodes of true detective the season finale will be this sunday it's good it's been getting it's been building to this to this final episode the mystery has been really interesting and like I, i don't know if the apparently all the clues have been laid out you can solve it ahead of time um I have honestly have no idea who it is or what it is. I have like a couple guesses, but I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how it ends. Other than that, I started a show called One Day at a Time. Apparently, it's on this huge like everybody should watch it to get renewed. I didn't know that. I just saw the ad and I was like, it looks kind of kind of funny. And I'm always looking for a new show to watch while I'm eating, and it's been good so far. It deals with like a lot of like issues with like, immigration and like being green and earth and like all these like different topics that has so much reputation in the show. It's about a, a Cuban family who lives in America. The mom is separated from father. She served in the army. She has two kids and it's, the grandma lives with them. And uh, it's been pretty good so far. Uh, recommended checking out. It's on Netflix. And uh, yeah, if you have a subscription, it's a good show to check out. I mean, who doesn't have a Netflix subscription here in 2019? Uh, not a lot of people. <laughs> I've been watching... They just came out with Season 2 of Dragon Prince, which was a relatively still a new show, so for it to come out with uh, Season 2 already was kind of a bit of a shock, but uh, I sat down and I watched it all in one day. There's only nine episodes, but I... Really enjoyed season two a little more than season one because I found the script for the characters to be a lot, a lot more confident 
it feels like the writers really know what they're doing, whereas season one was kind of more of a test run, where they've got this new project, they're proud of it, they want it to succeed, but they're not entirely sure what they can get away with, or really what audience it is actually appealing to versus their target audience. So season two felt like it had a lot more humor and comedy to mix in with the action and then the character developments with some of the younger characters. And I'd recommend checking out the show. It's by the same creators as, I believe, Avatar, Last Airbender. And there's one or two other big name shows that they have also created. Think Legend of Korra? Possibly. I mean, Legend of Korra still follows under Avatar, but it seemed to be a very different kind of art style. So I may have been a different team altogether for that one, but I'd have to look into Nickelodeon's history of their animators to really find that one out. After I finished Dragon Prince, I jumped into Troll Hunters. Friend recommended recommended this show to me. Uh, it's really interesting. Your typical voice actors like Mark Hamill apparently jumps in sometime in season two, uh, and the show is very similar, mostly because it's the same creators as How to Tame Your Dragon. So if you really enjoyed How to Tame Your Dragon, you might find a lot of similarities, and I personally find it. I can connect those two together quite a bit. So Troll Hunter is really interesting because it's basically this amulet chooses a troll hunter, which is meant this person that or creature that protects the trolls from bad trolls and other creatures like changelings, which are kind of like just shapeshifters. And it chooses a human for the first time ever. So this nerdy loser kid in high school basically ends up becoming this troll hunter and he has to learn how to become this great fighter and live up to these great expectations in a matter of a very short period of time, whereas most troll hunters get well over a decade to kind of train and get themselves ready for real fight. The lead actor is actually unfortunately has passed away um blanking on his name uh he very young guy uh give me a second while you're while you're looking up that um yeah i've never like i've heard of this show but i've never got into uh watching it would you recommend it for people who don't really not so much watch animation, because I do watch animation. I haven't really gotten into, like, anime or anything. So mm-hmm. is it more like an anime or more like American animation? Uh, it's kind of more like a 3D animation, I would say. Where it, I was kind of hesitant to start it before I was recommended it, because it seemed more childish based off the movie poster. But uh I've ended up really enjoying the cast and the show right away. So, excuse me. Uh, the main actor is Anton Yel- Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. So he was actually fairly young when he passed away 
the age of 27 back in 2016. So when I, I wasn't familiar that, uh, with most of his stuff, like I, I watched a few, like, live action movies he's been in. Well, he was, uh, Chekhov in Star Trek. Yeah, uh, see, I never really got into the Star Trek, but I do remember seeing the trailer with him in it. Yeah, he passed away just after, um, the third movie was filmed. Oh, that's really and unfortunate. And they had, like, a little, like, dedication to him, and, um, as well as Leonard Nimoy, who also passed away just before the release of the movie. Yeah, uh, so the show, I, I was just curious on the cast, and I saw that it ended in 2018, and I couldn't, I was wondering, I was like, why? Maybe they just ran their course, but other sources, like, were making it seem like it was still an ongoing show, but I guess 2018 isn't really that long ago, so I guess not everything's up to date. It was like, it was like last year. Yeah. So, uh, I had recognized his voice, and then I finally, when I looked up the cast, I realized who it really was, and that kind of made sense to me. I'm not sure if that's entirely why, obviously being two years after his death, but I mean, I would imagine they have at least a season pre-recorded uh, from before he passed away, but I'm not sure if that kind of... Probably, or, or it could have gotten delayed because of the passing, and they don't want to like just jump it out right away. That's very possible as well. But yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the show, and I mean, How to Tame Your Dragon 3 comes out this week in theaters, so... Actually, out today. Oh, well, there we go. So, same creators. Definitely recommend checking out Troll Hunters. It's on Netflix. It has three seasons. Cool. So, other than uh, TV, what um, what kind of games have you been playing lately? Keaton? Uh, lately, I've been playing Assassin's Creed quite a bit. I jumped back into that after my whole catastrophe with that boar boss fight. So I gave up on that part. I'm going to come back to that at a later time. I feel like I've made some strides this time in the game, whereas before that fight, I felt like the game was kind of plateauing, doing all these quests, not really getting much for it. But main part, main side part of the game kind of connects to the main story is hunting down cultists. So I've made quite a stride in that. And I've probably have 10 or so remaining at this point, but it, I've encountered most of them probably just on accident, just being like mercenaries hunting me down or they're just actually part of this story themselves. Yeah, sometimes I find with like open world games that you get so distracted by like the world itself and like all the side stuff that you're like, oh man, the story's not going anywhere, but you're like, it has been like 15 hours, I'm thinking like 15 <laughs> hours since you did like a story mission. Yeah. Because I think I left off, I was like, like hour 70, 75 in uh, Assassin's Creed, and I was like just starting to do some more story missions. So I'll probably jump back into that soon. But you, you're you almost done the story, you said? Yeah, I feel like I've come to the end of the story. I haven't seen any like credits or anything. I kind of finished up a huge, huge part, and no really main quests popped up. Now, I know there's some stuff that still kind of connects to the character or connects to uh, other somewhat important characters that you've encountered throughout the way, like uh, your philosophers like Socrates and uh, a few others. You kind of connect to that. 
So it still feels like the game is going, but I feel like I have to hunt down quests a little more now, especially since it feels like I'm not sure where to go, aside from just... Exploring? Exploring, hunting down the cult, and that's basically it. Any plans on getting the season pass? I definitely think I'm going to end up getting the season pass. Thankfully, Ubisoft tends to have sales, so I'll probably pick that up on sale like I did the actual game where I got it for about 50% off. And I had contemplated getting the gold edition for only $10 more. Yeah, you both messed up. And I messed up. I didn't do it. Because I wasn't sure if I'd enjoy Assassin's Creed since I haven't played one since Brotherhood. And even then, I didn't play much of that. Yeah, this is very different. Like, um, Oh, it's so different. I really, really enjoy it way more. If you really enjoy it, I recommend going back and getting um, Origins. Yeah, I heard really good things about Origins. It's very similar in like the structure. The thing that really hooked me on Odyssey was I've always been a huge fan of like Greek mythology, ancient Greece, ancient Rome. So all those societies now being put into a, a game seemed really interesting, and I was willing to give it a shot. Yeah, because I picked up, because I took a break from Assassin's Creed after the fourth one, and um, then I saw Origins at E3, and I was like, yep, I'm back in, and um, I got it, got the Gold Edition, um, loved it, finished it before Odyssey came out, got Odyssey Day 1 mm -hmm. Gold Edition, and uh, I love that as well. I think I like it more, um, but I like Bayek as a character, probably like one of the, the best Assassin's Creed characters. <laughs> I think, since um, Edward Kenway in Assassin's Creed 4. It's neat. Yeah. Um, as for me, I haven't... Well, I mean, I've been playing quite a bit of games. Um, <laughs> made a post about it. I'm trying to work my way through Kingdom Hearts. I beat it as a kid. I wasn't sure if I'd beaten it as a kid. Now, having beaten it recently, I, I did definitely beat it. I remember the ending once I got to it. Um, it's good. Um, it's a good story so far, and I can see it's going to get crazy convoluted in the next like 11 sequels so i have all the all the games i made a little post about it earlier i had the third one i'm like i thought about just jumping to the third one but i'm like might as well just beat them all i have them i thought last year when i started playing them again i was like you know what i'll play it on proud like how hard could this game really be on hard difficulty <laughs> you know it came out on, on my ps2 it's hard it's, it's it's stupidly hard like it's unfairly hard like, every boss fight was, like, a grind, trying to just, like, get through without being one-hit killed. But, so it came to the end game. I was, like, I was a little nervous. I was, like, man, there's, like, 11 bosses in a row. There's, like, no save points. So <laughs> I grinded, like, 25 levels higher than I was when I first got there. I, I think I grinded too much. I blew through all of them, like, nothing. It was nice. It was nice to finally get to a boss fight where I wasn't, like, dying 20 times or... <laughs> spending like, hours trying to like figure out how to get through flawlessly I could just stand in front of him and just whack him with the keyblade until he's gone but yeah like it holds up um, I um, I started uh, Chain of Memories it's the next one that got released it was on the Game Boy they fully remastered it for the uh, Playstation 4 and um, it's kind of boring like the gameplay is different it's a card based game so your attacks are done with cards, and I'm not, like, a huge fan of that, but it shouldn't be too long of a game, because it was a Game Boy Advance game. So I'll go back to it periodically, but what I've also been playing is uh, Metro 2033. The recent Metro game just came out, Exodus. And I bought these two first two games digitally, like, 
two years ago because they're like seven bucks total. And I, I remember them coming out as a kid and seeing them on like the 360, and I really, really wanted to get them. I just kind of like fell through the cracks. Having now playing these remastered versions, it's it's actually quite excellent. Um, I didn't really think how you know how much I was going to like it, but it was my kind of like palate cleanser after playing Kingdom Hearts all day. I'd play it for like an hour before bed or half an hour, and now it's my current main focus. And um, it's almost like The Last of Us. Like I have that kind of like feeling again, not so much like the like deep personal story, but just like the like the moment to moment gameplay where you're like walking through like a dark tunnel and like music's really beautiful in this game. Like the just nice guitar plays like there's just nice guitar pieces like in The Last of Us. So like it's obviously not gonna be like anywhere like it's not a third person game, it's not you and like a kid, it's not full of great cutscenes. It's just the feel of the, of the game, like emotionally while you're in the gameplay moments. So that's quite nice. I'm probably almost done that one. They're not, they're not very long games. It's only like 8-9 hours, so I should be done both of them fairly quickly. But yeah, I'm, then I'm looking forward to just jumping into uh, Metro Exodus. I hear that one's quite excellent. It was the highest reviewed game that came out last week on the 5 game release day. <laughs> Other than that, I haven't been playing any other games. But... We did go to the movies, not together. We uh, saw different movies. Yeah, we both we both saw different movies. Uh, so I went and saw the movie Escape Room. Now, I was somewhat interested in this film, but also very nervous. I kept hearing very mixed reviews about it. Now, I actually work at an escape room. That is my full-time job. Is I'm a game master at an escape room. Probably one of the most noted, most respected ones in the North American circuit. North American? Yeah, I mean, we, we've we got quite the connections. Escape Games Canada in Toronto. Uh, I definitely recommend if you want a good escape room, go there. A little biased, but that's okay. Uh, but I saw the... So I finally went and saw Escape Room. Now, I... Posted on my personal social media three reviews. Now, I divided the reviews up as someone who went in with no expectations, someone who is a film fanatic, and someone who works at an escape room. My overall review? Bad. Don't see it. I don't understand why it has a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, or Rotten Tomatoes seems to... The fans seem to have a decent rating on it as well. This movie was not good in any way. It, The way it was pieced together didn't make sense. The opening scene is just a trickery scene to make you think you know who the last character's standing is. And then it kind of just jumps into the actual beginning of the story. It didn't... Co- light make much sense and then they randomly connected random other characters at different times where they'd given specific characters like a full uh intro and then they just throw these extra characters in now the cast was really well done i can give them kudos to that they casted pretty well i mean there's some names like deborah ann wool who you may know from true blood or played Karen in Punisher and Daredevil. 
Does she die? Uh, she spoiler. She does. Oh, I'm I'm gonna see for that. I don't like Karen Page. Now I I like her as an actress, but again, the movie just didn't do the characters justice. The deaths were all really dumb. The script was bad. The way they explained escape rooms was kind of through this character that they claim had done like 99 escape rooms. 99 seems a little weird considering that now this would be technically his 100th escape room. And then the character didn't really seem to have much intelligence in terms of escape rooms despite his experience. Whereas some other quiet, shy character seemed to always be the brainiac behind solving things. And some of the puzzles were really, really dumb. There's a second room they go into, which is a cabin. And they need a letter combo for this lock. And it says... uh, says, um, You'll go down in history is the clue. Immediately, I can figure out the answer. Based off outside knowledge of Rudolph. Makes sense. And then it pans around the room, and you notice a bunch of deer antlers, or I guess reindeer antlers, on the wall, and each plaque had one letter on it, those letters being the initials of Santa's reindeer, and it seemed like a really silly puzzle. I don't know if it was them trying to get the audience to be able to solve something themselves, feel like they're engaged in the film, but it seemed really silly, really bad game design. Now, how does this compare to, like, something like Saw? It has similar elements, but I feel like anything you do where it's like you're playing some mastermind game has Saw elements. Because I was always a fan of the the Saw franchise, even when the bad ones were always... I always liked the (laughs) kind of, like, crazy, like, twist ending that was just like, you're like, what? Didn't see that coming. So, like, how does that compare to something like the later Saw movies, where there was an ensemble going through, like, a house of horrors. I would say it's similar. I've only seen the first two Saws, but it shared a lot of similarities. If Saw became an escape room, like, J- Jigsaw already presents you with, like, puzzles and things yeah, like that. Yeah, is the whole escape room, like, escape this and live? It's just, yeah, this basically became escape this and live, but they're killing off characters basically at random. Or it wouldn't make sense how they killed off a character. It, it never had any sort of connection. But similar to how Jigsaw did, every single puzzle or room they were presented with fit one of the characters' background. Uh, but okay. it didn't make sense because there were specific moments that how would this killer know this? Like the whole Santa's reindeer thing, one of the characters was, just got his first car all his friends were driving, drinking, and that was a song that was playing on the radio when they crashed. It was, they were all singing, You'll Go Down in History, and then got in a big car crash. But how would the serial killer, or whatever you want to call him, know that? Like, that's oddly specific, especially being he's the only survivor of the crash. By the power of movie. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it seemed really ridiculous. So as someone who had no expectations, it was bad. As someone who really enjoys films, 
It was terrible. And as someone that works in an escape room, I don't ever want to see that piece of trash again unless it becomes similar to like the room in where it's respected for being bad. But I can't see that based off the reviews that have been provided for it. Yeah, I'm so glad I um, talked to you to seen that one day when we saw Aquaman. I'm glad I saw Aquaman a second time. I had to see escape room. <laughs> Just from what it sounds like, it doesn't sound like it's up my alley. Yeah, uh, I knew at some point I'd go see this film. I didn't expect it to be that bad, especially since everyone else was telling me it was so good. Even the receptionist at my dentist was telling me that she had gone and seen it, and she always talks about escape rooms with me when I go in, because she knows I work at an escape room. But I'm like, I don't know if I can really take your word for it. Like, I don't know what you expect what you think is a good escape room. And the movie was just bad. Like, I could have respected it a little more if they were going for the Saw-esque and stuck to that rather than throwing in a bunch of random stuff that didn't really make sense. And I think the worst part about it has to be the end. The end... Well, let's not spoil the end. No, the, the end just makes it so... There's going to be a sequel. There's going to be a sequel... I really hope it doesn't get the green light, but if it does... So if you had to give her a rate out of five... Out of five? Out of five Out of five burgers. <laughs> out of five We're burgers. We're starting that now. We'll make that our review. All right. Out. How many burgers? I would give it... Uh, a 1.5. 1. 1.5 burgers One and a half five. burgers out of five. All right. That's, uh, that will probably be our new thing. We're going to rate <laughs> things in how many burgers out of five. Um, and what movie did you go see at the theater's head? I went and saw the Lego movie too. Oh. As any adult <laughs> would see. Actually, a little fun fact about the Lego movie part two. The actual biggest audience that turned out was adults. 25 to 35 were the people who went and saw the Lego movie too. I honestly believe it. The first one did so well and the comedy seemed to really have that adult comedy underlining. Yeah, so... I rewatched the first one the night before I went and saw part two. Um, it's still pretty funny. Like, I still really enjoyed it. Now, the first movie ends with them showing that, like, all this was taking place in the real world and, like, kids were, you know, they were playing with Lego. Like, that was an interesting twist at the end of the movie. One that, like, I didn't quite love, but, like, it made sense and it does kind of, like, work. Now, if you, um, like it or hated it, that's a huge part of part two. That's probably my biggest complaint with it, is there's so much real-world stuff peppered throughout the movie that it kind of, like, at times gets a little much. And, um... But other than that, like, other than that aside, it was good. It was a, it was a good sequel. Um, I don't know if I loved it more than the first. It might be just on par or just below it. There are definitely things I liked more about it. It's sort of like... It definitely leads into the, um... Toy Story aspect, where it's, like, dealing with growing up, and then, like, gender roles with, like, toys, and, like, how different ages and different genders um, view um, Legos, and sometimes they just want to belong with each other. So it has, like, his little sister was introduced at the end of that, of the last one, and uh, it was actually quite a nice story towards the end. Um, a lot of cool references to, like, other characters and, like, DC Lego, and, like, they made, like, a Marvel joke, so that was fun. Chris Pratt was funny as always, as both um, Emmett and um, uh, 
Danger Vest. Rex Danger Vest. He played, uh, he, did, he voiced both those characters. Other than that, though, they had a, quite a bit of voice cast again, like Will Arnett's back. Um, As Batman still? Yep, he's still doing Lego Batman. And he has a really cool part and, like, a really interesting part of the story. So I'm not going to give too much away, but um, it was quite nice. I would give it four burgers out of five burgers. All right. Definitely a right recommendation. Now, since we have, like, a little bit of time, since we're going to cut this eventually early, what are your five most anticipated movies of, like, next coming months, the summer months? I don't even know what's coming out. <laughs> I'm not sure I can... Uh, can name five? Name five. I don't even know if I can name one. I haven't really seen much in terms of, like, trailers and things like that. I feel like not going to the movies this often now. I haven't been able to see what's coming out. Well, then, I guess... Well, I've been put a little thought on this, and I have, like... I think my solid top five for, like... Not for, maybe not, not for the year. I guess it would be for the year, because I don't know what's coming out in the fall right now, and I can't really talk about what I don't know is coming out. But for, like, the blockbuster movies coming out, what I'm looking forward to at, um, number five would be, um, Missing Link. It's the newest movie from the company, um, Lackia. They do, like, Coraline, um, Paranorman, Box Trolls, recently Kubo and the Two Strings. I've loved, like, all their movies. I love stop motion. It's my favorite form of animation. Personally, I own all the movies. I always see them, like, day one if I can. So this new one's coming out called Missing Link. It's about, like, Bigfoot, and he gets, like, discovered by, like, an explorer, and he has to go find his, like, ancestors across the world. He's, like, the missing link in the genetic human world. So it looks like it's going to be a funny, good tale. It has Hugh Jackman's the voice of the explorer. The Eddie's voiced by Zach Galifianakis. It just looks... Like a really fun, good-hearted time. At four is a movie I've talked about a few times on the podcast. Is Shazam. I am just super excited to see what they do with this movie. I've been reading more Shazam lately, seeing it in like DC animated movies, and Zachary Levi's a funny guy. And I'm looking forward to seeing him like shine as like as, as a his first like leading role in a big blockbuster movie. At number three would be Godzilla, King of All Monsters. I love the other Godzilla movie. It was slow. This one looks like it's going to be leaning more into the action. I love Kong Skull Island. And the trailers have just been beautiful. Godzilla, giant monsters, finding it out. I am in. At number two would be Avengers Endgame. This, to me, feels like the movie that I thought Infinity War was going to be. Like, the big culmination of, like, all these 10 years and, like, 20-something movies. Because I like Infinity War. I didn't love it. I really enjoyed it. I was loving it up until the end. And it kind of, like, not fell apart for me, but, like, it didn't feel like this big, like, this is the moment where everything built towards. It felt like this is everything the moment built towards part one of the full story didn't have like the satisfying like because they because they initiated because because they advertised it as this is it this is what it's been building towards this is the a solo movie then it'll be another movie later and it was very much a part one of two so this one looks like it's going to be that one and i'm just 
super excited for it. And you're like, what's number one? Not <laughs> Avengers, not Godzilla. It's John Wick Chapter 3. Parabellum. Um, yeah, John Wick, number one most anticipated movie of the year for me. I'm just over the moon. That first poster came out where it just said, like, Continental backwards. All the photos of, like, John Wick, like, riding a horse. And then that trailer came out. That perfect trailer that with, like, beautiful music. Looks like amazing action scenes. If they can nail this movie, they'll have the best modern-day trilogy, in my opinion. Hmm. I'm okay if he dies to the end. I'm okay if he rides off into the sunset. But I don't want a part four. I don't want, like, an ongoing series. I want this to... A true 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 trilogy. trilogy. I want one that's just going to wrap it up and just be awesome. One I can have on my shelf. I can just watch this trilogy from start to finish once a year forever. Because there's a lot of movies that fall apart in the third part or they fall apart in the second one and they have like in some series like Mission Impossible. First movie loved as a kid. Second movie it's okay. It's a little hokey. Then years later part three came out and I loved part three. And then they're like you know is this the end? Could end here. And then you're like part four and you're like you're like, holy crap, part four is pretty good. You're like making a fifth Mission Impossible movie. And you're like, can it be good? And you're like, yep, it was good. And then part six came out and you're like, it turns out they can get even better. Like, Mission Impossible is a weird franchise that like six movies in, like years <laughs> later, and became one of the best movies of last year, one of the best action movies of like 2010s. So then that's two more movies from Mission Impossible. And... Chris McCory's coming back to write and direct. He did the last two ones, and I uh, honestly I'm excited to see what they do with it. Like no franchise should be this good this far into its life cycle and just feel like a fresh new take on just movies in general. But some like honorable mentions that I'm like looking forward to that don't have a release date, they would be higher up if they did. Um new Rambo movie. I'm excited for that. Uh, Joker. Looking forward to seeing what they what they do with that one. Um Star Wars should be hopefully good. I didn't hate The Last Jedi, so I'm excited to see what they do with it. Looking forward to Captain Marvel in two weeks. I already got my tickets for that. So I should be interested to see how that goes. They've been getting good reception so far. Early reactions have been really positive. As for other releases, um, don't know anything else that's really coming out at the moment at the top of my head. There seems to be Hellboy is coming out this year. Oh, Hellboy. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, very gonna be hit or miss, or just pure nightmare fuel. Pokemon, uh, Detective Pikachu. Yes. If you've seen any, if you've seen the trailer, then everyone was already freaked out by Mr. Mime. And the new trailer they just posted had Lickitung, and people are freaking out over that now. Yeah, it was creepy. They, they're both kind of nightmare fuel, but, I mean, what would you expect? The, the tr- original name was, in Japanese, Pocket Monsters. They truly are monsters. Uh, you already said John Wick, of course. I think that's going to be on everyone's list. Um, that um, Frozen trailer had a, came out recently, Frozen 2. Oh, yeah, um, that's getting a lot of hype. It was trending on YouTube. Gorgeous animation. It looks just, like, flawless. Like, I didn't love the first um, Frozen movie. I saw it, like, after it came out. I watched it on uh, TV, and I was like, like, it looked really nice. The songs were catchy, but, like, I was, like, not over the moon about it. But I'm also the target audience. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, the songs were good, so I, I understand why it did so well. I actually preferred Tangled, um, the same animation style. The songs weren't as like popular, but overall, I preferred the Tangled movie over Frozen. But uh, that trailer, I'm probably going to check out Frozen 2. There seems to be a lot of Disney movies coming out this year. You've got Toy Story 4. You've got the live-action Dumbo, directed by Tim Burton, with starring Danny DeVito to complete the Top Hat trilogy. They have seemed to have nicknamed it. Uh, because, Lion King, John yeah. Favreau, and then we got Aladdin. Oh, we will, Aladdin, Aladdin's getting a lot of backlash over uh, Will Smith as Genie now that those first looks have come out. Guy Ritchie's doing that one. I mean, with um, Disney owning everything, they're going to have the most movies every I'm year. I'm not sure how forever. I feel about Guy Ritchie being in charge of that. Like, when I think Guy Ritchie, I think like rock and roll, like these hardcore, like shoot 'em up, big brawl, Cockney movies. Why can't Guy Ritchie just give us what we all want? Sherlock Holmes three, <laughs> yeah, or we, Man from Uncle Two. I mean, we we definitely need some sort of Sherlock Holmes after that disaster with uh, John C. Riley and Will Will Ferrell. And Zombieland is also yeah expected to come out in 2019, or so they keep saying now. So that'll be interesting. It's been a really long time since the first one's come out now. So. We'll see if it can still deliver. Yeah. Um, this weekend, I'm planning on seeing um, Alita Battle Angel and How to Train Your Dragon. Definitely want to see both of those. Will I get to see them right away? Maybe not. But How to Tame Your Dragon, I'm just hoping they don't make this third one too much of a love story for Toothless. Keep it similar to the first two, which were fantastic. Yeah, I think, um... I think that sums up our movies. We, now, for the burger debacle. So we rolled last week, or not last week, the other week. We rolled we rolled uh, 17. We got Johnny's Burgers up in Scarborough. Pretty north Scarborough, in fact. So it's quite the trip for both of us. We're both down to do it. Eventually. But... Weather's been really bad, and... With us working different, like, schedules, our only days we can really go are Monday or Saturday. Yeah. And with the snow being, like, unpredictable, like, those commutes would have been, like, hours. We've been getting hit with, like, huge snowstorms. The first one kind of started when we put out... The first episode? Uh, the first episode we recorded kind of in the middle of a snowstorm. And then we've had these ice storms, and then it, like, warms up again. And then it just flash freezes again. We just get nailed again. And again, and again. And over. And it's been hard to go, for, to, go to work, let alone try and go to Starbucks <laughs> for a burger. Just getting home from work at night. I'm trying not to fall on my butt every night. But, being as this is a Banters and Burgers podcast, we will still talk about burgers this week. It'll just be a little bit different. So, we will talk about our favorite fast food burgers. Yeah. What's your favorite fast food restaurant to go get a burger? I would say Five Guys. Five Guys, it's a big you get a good-sized burger. You feel stuffed from the burger alone. You don't even have, before you even touch, like, the fries. And the nice thing about their burgers is you can add bacon and cheese at no extra cost. Like, that's something you normally other places will charge you a lot, regardless of if their burger is already on the pricier side, which Five Guys isn't. Exactly on the cheaper side. I would say it's kind of on par in terms of pricing with like Burger Priest, where you're probably going to be paying about $20 or 
or close to for a, a combo. But you can just add as much bacon and cheese as you want to your burger, no extra cost, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I love Five Guys. Like, I kind of separate my fast food burgers into, like, the higher-end fast food. So, like, that'd be, like, Five Guys, um, Burger Priest, like, um, Hero Burger. Like, Makes sense. Street, like, like um, Sushi Burger. All those ones are a little bit higher-end fast foods. So, of those higher-ends, um, Five Guys is my favorite. Like, I just, it's my first order, and it just, like, falls apart in your mouth in a, like, just delicious way. So good. Even their hot dogs are really good. I always, I always try to get a hot dog. I always hear that, and I've yet to try one of their hot dogs. Yeah, their cheese dog? Ooh, it's nice. <laughs> but for, like, the lower-end fast foods, my personal favorite is um, McDonald's. Like, everyone's like, McDonald's sucks, or some people love McDonald's, some people hate it. Um, of all the fast food, like, I do like Wendy's and, like, Harvey's and a Whopper here and there, but McDonald's is, like, my favorite of them. Like, I, I mean, love... It's kind of a staple. Yeah. Like, the Big Mac, I think, is, like, still one of the best pre-assembled burgers. We don't need to add anything. It just comes <laughs> as it is, I think, is just delicious. But even for their cheeseburgers, like, I like their McDouble. I like to add, like, mac sauce to it or add the, the their mayo sauce. Yeah. To spice up their uh, cheaper burgers. But yeah, they're my uh, go-to ones. I would say my other kind of lower end, I guess more medium, would be Harvey's. Now, I don't know if it's just because times have changed and I'm now older, but as a kid, Harvey's was, like, a treat, like, those were some good burgers. You get to pick your own toppings, like, right, kind of like Subway style. And, but now I feel like the quality of the burger is a lot less, so it's probably more lower tier burger, but. You just probably had better burgers since then, now just doesn't bluff <laughs> up to, like, imagine your head as a kid. I feel like the burgers just got smaller, and that kind of seems to be with everyone is they want to, they want to keep smaller burgers for cheaper, it makes sense, but I feel like Harvey's isn't as cheap as, say, McDonald's or Burger King. But it's still, I'd say, a solid choice that I'm always willing to go to if someone wants to go to Harvey's rather than McDonald's or, like, Burger King or Wendy's. Yeah. I'll go to Harvey's at any time. If I can if I can get to McDonald's, that's what I go to. <laughs> I mean, lucky I for you. Harvest. Lucky for you, McDonald's is almost on every street corner. Yeah. So like, that's all we really have today for the burger section. We um, re-rolled, though, for... So we're not going to rule out Johnny's. We're just going to go to it at a later time. We re-rolled as kind of a... Let's see if we can get something closer so we can still get some content for the burger section of the podcast, being the fact that it is banter and burgers. So you got it right, right this, this time. time. We did. Uh, so we re-rolled. And now I was half expecting the universe to just land on 17 again and force us to go to Johnny's. At which point, I'd just suck it up and be like, this is fate has spoken. But we got number one, Cheesecake Factory. Now, obviously, that's not going to be something as fancy, but it's a little pricier of a burger. We've both been there before, so we're kind of hoping it would be delayed, but it's nice, close, and they still have burgers on their menu that neither one of us have I've tried, tried yet. So that will be interesting. We'll try and go um, next week. Yeah. Uh, maybe next Saturday. Yeah, let's try and do a nice trip there. Hopefully they'll have the stuffed burger again with the cheese in the center. Last time it was not available. Yeah, maybe, or maybe we'll do it on Monday, so um, it'll be a little bit um, less busy. Yeah. Saturday will be pretty busy. Oh, that mall is crazy busy on Saturdays. 
Yeah, so I think that'll conclude the burgers for this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a, a little quick um, comics corner with Ed. I'm going to jump in at the end of his little comic section there about something that's also become a TV show, but take it away. So um, recently I've read um, Batman Who Laughs, issue three came out. This is the introducing character who um, made an appearance last year in the Dark Knight's Metal story. It's a Batman from an alternate world where he's infected with the Joker serum and he becomes the Joker, but he has Batman's training. So now he's come back to fight off, face off with our Batman, who at the start of the series gets affected with the Joker serum himself. And he's been trying to, to like hold back the uh, homicidal tendencies he would have with it, and he's trying to fight this this new Batman as he was as he would himself but he kept losing and losing and in this one he decides to embrace the Joker part of his body now and you're like so now he's going to go up against basically himself with the same mentality as he has now but the thing is this all takes place in continuity <laughs> so this is actually what's going to happen to the current Batman in the current DCU so I don't know how he gets cured or what happens. So it's not like an Elseworld story. It's not like a Black Label at a continuity story. This is in continuity, limited series right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Also been reading um, the current Batman Flash crossover, um, The Price. Um, I read issue one and two so far. Um, three came up this week. I haven't got a chance to read it yet. And next week will be the conclusion. So they're both investigating this crime together, like both on, kind of like on edge, like Wally West is dead, and then Batman didn't end up marrying Catwoman, so he's been devastated since like being left at the altar. They don't know how damaged each other is, and they're trying to work together and try not to like basically like start fighting. And um, it finds out that Batman may have compromised. Um, sanctuary, which is the uh, place where superheroes go to heal, and he didn't tell anybody that he might have compromised it. So that's kind of dealing with that fallout. So I'm looking forward to see uh, where Joshua Williamson takes that, who is currently writing The Flash and writes this crossover, who is my all-time favorite comic book writer right now. Met him on uh, read first read of stuff with like Ghosted and Nailbiter. So seeing him have like a big foothold in DC is awesome. From seeing him go from like a creator-owned guy to, like, now one of the top-tier DC writers. But that's all I have to talk about comics for now. Uh, so, recently, and, I mean, everyone's kind of on jumped on this, on Netflix popped up a show called Umbrella Academy. Now, this show is actually based off comics, and that comic was written by Gerard Way, the lead singer frontman of My Chemical Romance. Seem kind of catches you off guard a second when you hear that and you don't really know much else. So he's written a few comics, that being his biggest, and so this show has really taken off. And it's kind of described as the superhero show for people who hate superheroes, which is kind of a funny way to describe it. But quick little summary of the show is a disbanded group of superheroes reunite after their adoptive father who trained them to save the world dies. Now it's a miniseries, it just popped up on Netflix this week. Uh, it's getting crazy good reviews so far. I mean, IMDb alone gives it 
8.5 out of 10 off 18,000 reviews. It contains stars like Ellen Page, Tom Hopper, Robert Sheenhan. So it's it's really interesting cast, and it's taken off quite a bit. Definitely recommend watching it. I just finished the pilot episode myself. It's a really dark show, so prepare yourself for that. It's not going to be your typical happy superhero saves the day. It's very dark character development, but I'm excited to watch more. The soundtrack is phenomenal, and Gerard Way actually had a hand in picking the soundtrack for the show, which makes sense. Who better to pick the music for your comic book coming to life than the musician himself who wrote it? Uh, so it's really, really, really well done in many ways, and he has a huge hand in the show. And Gerard Way also created a character in the Marvel multiverse called Penny Parker. If you've seen Spider-Verse, she had a little little section in that as well where a young girl from the year 3145 shares a psychic bond with a radioactive spider who ends up in like a spider tech suit, like robot suit, which I just learned and I thought that's really cool how he keeps getting all these like hands into the comic book universe spreading throughout DC and Marvel. Yeah, like it's cool when like people like find out things like that. Like recently, I found out that the current writer of Batman and Heroes of Crisis and like this, um, like Visions and um, Mr. Miracle was Tom King. Turned out he was actually he's an actual ex CIA agent. He was worked with the CIA for eleven years before oh, he damn. jumped into comics. That's really yeah, like obs- when his, his yeah, like when his uh, first son was born, he quit the CIA and he just started writing comics, and now he's like <laughs> one of the like best comic writers in the moment. <laughs> So that's a cool little fun fact I learned the other day. I think that'd be really cool to see what he could add to comic books based off his... Yeah, he did. He wrote um, a spy one with Dick Grayson, where he was like a secret spy, and he used some of the stuff from his... Oh, that's really cool. ...inspiration to like, make it more authentic. See, I love hearing stuff like that. That's yeah. really cool. So I think that will wrap up a little bit early, only 10 minutes, but I have to get ready for work. <laughs> that's all right. So... This has been episode three of the... Uh, Banter and Burgers podcast by K and E. Yeah, so where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Believe it's just very simple. Burgers and uh, sorry, Banter and Burgers podcast K and E. So the handle is K E podcast. So be sure to check that out. You can find us on both Twitter and Facebook. And we're constantly posting on Facebook. We're working on getting a little more active on Twitter, being yep. that seems to be the huge platform. And potentially, um, as this grows, we might start adding more visual, like video content to this channel. Yeah, so we absolutely. Might, so keep your eyes peeled for maybe a YouTube yeah. aspect or just more Facebook stuff. Yeah. And if you want to follow either of us, of us either, either one of us on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me at me at person. I believe mine is. Uh, Punks7, P-U-N-X-7. Could be wrong, but I do believe that is, but I'm not a huge Twitter fan, so you're more uh, better off following Ed. He'll give you more updates on that than I will be able to. Yeah, this is our first episode recording with a real official mic. Yeah. Thanks to uh, my wonderful girlfriend. Oh, that's my work alarm. Uh-huh. My wonderful girlfriend, <laughs> Susan. Um, she got this for me. As a Valentine's Day gift. Thank you, Susan. Thank you so much for this mic. 
everyone, that will be all. All right. See you next time. See ya.